Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, and we're going to go all the way to Colossians chapter 2, verse 5. But, um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for being here and for dealing with me and my messed up voice right now, and it's just I've been super sick and I'm just trying to get over it, but it's not working yet, but praise the Lord still, he's, he's still good to us. But uh, I, I titled this message, Glory to Jesus, in Jesus, actually. Glory in Jesus. And the reason why, I guess, is because within the sections that I just, that I've been studying on and just everything that's going on in uh in the church of uh, Colossae, we know that there's a lot of just people trying to uh, falsely um, advertise their gods and so on to uh, the people of Colossae. And so that's why when Paul, in, in the jail cell, writing this to them, he's rejoicing that they're, they're knowing the truth, that the truth has been set upon them and set them free and that they're understanding this and they're continuing on it. So Paul, Paul the whole time is encouraging them in that because he doesn't want these, uh, these false prophets or these other religions take over what has been shown to them. So if we start in verse 24, Paul, speak, Paul speaking and saying, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. So, we're going to stop right there. Verse 24 is just, it's a tricky, tricky verse. Um, Paul is stating in the first, uh, in the first section saying that he's rejoicing in his own sufferings within this very first statement of the church of Colossae. But what happens in that second part of the verse is really, really tricky. Um, when I first read it, I thought to myself that Jesus is lacking something, so Paul had to finish what Jesus lacked or that the death of Christ was missing something. Let's read that second part again, because it says, And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body that is the church. So, a lot of people can misinterpret this statement a lot, meaning Christ's death was like fake or was it even... What's going on? Because it's, it's saying that Christ is lacking just something or something is not up to par. But um, through a lot of just, you know, reading, checking out different commentaries and just uh, asking the Lord myself, the statement that Paul represents or that Paul made represents him, himself, as being a servant for the king. Paul was experiencing persecution during this time uh, for Christ. So in spite of his death on the cross, Christ's enemies were still alive still. What, what I'm trying to explain to you is that, yes, Jesus already died on the cross. He's lacking nothing. He already died. But yet that he, that he died already, people still hated Jesus. It, it pretty much carried on. So what's happening now, what Paul is saying is that he is taking all of what the people are... <laughs> he's, he's pretty much taking more punishment because the people are still uh, um, are still pretty much cursing, you know, the name of Jesus and so on. So he's saying that Christians, us believers, we're going to be con we're going to be continually persecuted through this. You know, just despite that Christ died, there are still enemies. That wasn't enough for these people for the Roman soldiers, for people who didn't believe in Jesus. It wasn't enough. They saw Jesus die. Yeah, they, they continue on. They didn't care. They still continue on not caring 
you know, just really blaspheming the Lord still and not caring about it. Though they saw him die, they continue it on. So what Paul is saying is, though we are Christians, Christ lives in us, we're going to be the ones taking the lacking of what's going on when they're persecuting Jesus. We're going to be taking it. We're the one that's picking up that lack, that slack that is supposed to go to Jesus, but he's not here, he's not here physically to take it. So we're the ones that are going to be taking it for him. We're the ones that are going to be persecuted. So that's what Christ is, or that's what Paul is trying to explain within this verse. That we, the body, the church, us, we're going to be taking on those afflictions that Christ is supposed to be taking still if he was still alive. But he's not. He, he, he is alive, but he's not here physically if he was, he would, conti- he would still continue to take those afflictions, but he's not here physically. He dwells within each of us. That means we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be taking it on. So that's what that verse talks about. It's just Paul saying we're going to be persecuted continually despite of God, or despite of people knowing that God is, or they crucified Christ and all that game. And though he's not here in person, we're going to be taking it still. And moving on to, or actually not moving on, but um, what it says in uh, John fifteen eighteen, it says this: If the world hates you, know that it that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus speaking. So it's it in a sense, Paul filled up or filled up what was lacking in Christ's affliction, meaning all those that killed Jesus continued to hate it and persecute the following, or the followers of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, it's saying, we're the one that take, we're the one that share, we're taking upon Christ's sufferings, but remember this, remember as we're taking this, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Though we may be persecuted, though we share within the persecution of Christ, of having Him dwell within us, we get to share in the abundant <clears throat> peace, the joy, the comfort of everything that Christ has within us too. We get a part of that too. So either way, we get both good and bad, but it's supposed to teach us something when we when we take these bad things in, you know, like when bad things happen in our lives, you know, I, I know a lot of us, or I know if I've, I've counseled a lot of kids that are always saying, well, Brian, why is this happening to me? What, why does God allow this to happen to my life for? And the only thing that I can answer with, the only thing I can say is, He wants you to become the woman or the man of God He wants you to be. How, what good is it is if, if you were to walk a life just thinking, not knowing bad and just knowing good throughout the rest of your life. Okay, it's good, but it doesn't develop, it does not develop the characteristics of you personally. It doesn't help you, it doesn't show you what the other side has to offer so, what, so one day you may be able to help someone out as well. So count it joy that when you go through suffering, that when something bad happens to you, man, the Lord is showing you something. Something personal, something just amazing off the hook that when you get, when you get out of that storm, you can say, you're going to be a lot stronger than you were before and it's going to bless someone else in life when they go through the same exact thing you go through. So count it joy, count it all joy, you know, even when I'm sick right now, you know, I, I could be bummed out, I can be in my bed just bummed and miserable and not wanting to do anything, but yet, you know, the Lord has shown me great things in life, he, he's, he's given me heaven for goodness sake, you know, the, more, the least I can do is just rejoice Him in this day, go hang out with Him, go, go spend some time with Him, that's that's the least I can do, and it's amazing when you do that. And I just love hanging out with the Lord, and I encourage you guys to do that as well. And moving on to verse 25, <clears throat> it says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship 
from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. So what's, the wor- so what's this word stewardship mean? Well, a steward was a slave who managed his master's house or supervised the other servants or handling the business or financial affairs. So Paul views himself in his own personal ministry. This is Paul speaking. This is his personal ministry as a stewardship from the Lord, meaning that he was, he pretty much said that, you know, God granted me this wisdom, this stewardship to look after the church, the people, all these things, you know. For me, it's not that. I'm no great leader at all. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to maintain a church. I wouldn't even know how, you know. God, would, God will bless those that know how to. And that's why Paul, speaking of himself, that he is a steward. He is a slave to God, knowing that he can take care of the church, of these people, of teaching these people, of communicating with them, and so on. Because we got to remember, Paul was a Pharisee. He, he knew everything until on the, way to, on the road to Damascus. That's when he was blinded and the Lord pretty much renewed his life into the way the Apostle Paul is. So Paul is saying that he himself has been given from the Lord stewardship to watch over these churches to to always uh, increase their joy to, to always give an encouragement to all these people that's what um, Paul is trying to say here and even in Hebrews uh, thirteen seventeen, it says obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as though or as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So in a sense, Paul was a leader, you know, just like how we have leaders, you know. I, I look to um, Pastor Casey Kendall, you know, he's my shepherd. I, I look to him for advice. I look to Pastor Steve for advice. I look to Vince for advice within the ministry, you know. I look to Robert for advice within personal life, situations, finances, anything, we have those leaders that we look up to that are men of God or, who, or whatever, you know. And we can say that, man, that's my leader. Like, I, I trust this person because this person is a godly person. In the same sense, that's what Paul is claiming himself. That's why these people are just rejoicing. They're, they're, they look to Paul for everything, you know. They're just like, man, Paul's a man, you know. Just like... I think stinking Pastor Casey Kendall is the man. Like, he's an awesome guy. Just really genuine about everything and always ready to help me out within ministry-wise on how to prepare a message or how to, how to just observe the scriptures carefully and to understand it correctly to be able to teach. So we all have leaders in our lives, you know. And I, I pray that you guys would find a leader find a godly woman, find a godly man, and look to them, you know, really grasp onto what they have to say because these people have gone through life, they read the scriptures, they know, they, they know Jesus, and we as young adults here, we should grasp onto everything they have to say and what they've experienced in life because we can take that and apply it to our lives and really use it, like really, really use it. And it, and it's totally a blessing. Like, I just want to encourage you guys in that. It's a blessing when you can have someone that is like, you know, a couple years older than you and they know these things. It's a blessing in your life, you know. And I don't know how many, how many of these leaders are. They've just been a blessing to me and I wish I could just like give them the world, you know. But, yeah, I can't do that. All I can do for them is, man, I keep them in my prayers, you know. So I encourage you guys to find someone like that. And then moving on to verse 26. So we know that this is what Paul's talking about. He has stewardship of what's going on. He's to teach this church and so on. So moving on to 26. It says, The mystery hidden, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. To them God chose to make known 
How great among Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present every or everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Paul concluding that. I like this. He's saying this mystery of in life, just this huge mystery. What is it? Why are we here in, on this life? Why, why do we have the Bible? What's this mystery that Paul's talking about? If you read carefully, the mystery is Christ in you. It's not Christ around you. It's not Christ right by your side. It's Christ in you you. That's the mystery. And why is that a mystery? Because people don't see it. You know, people don't see what's, what, what has happened to Jesus Christ. We, our, our generation, we didn't go, we went back in uh, before, or before Christ came. We went back there where those people saw Christ. We didn't see these things. All we can do is read about these things, but yet, Paul says the mystery of that, though we can't see, is that Christ is in us. That is the mystery right there. That Christ lives inside of us. It's not about, it's not about us trying to, trying to make a figure of Jesus. It's not about anything but us being like Jesus. That's all it is. If Christ lives inside of each and every single one of us, though we say that, then what needs to come out of us is Christ's life, right? We need to be more like Christ. I was, I was just reading this so much that it, it just hit me, you know? Like, I sometimes I feel like, you know, is this a fairy tale? You know, I remember I was witnessing to this one uh, atheist guy. And I'm just telling him, and he's not believing anything I'm saying, nothing. And I was like, is this like a fairy tale to you? Like, it, do you not believe it's because it's not real? Like, it's not in front of you? And pretty much that's what he said, yeah, that's right. And, you know, and I told him from the bottom of my heart, you know what, sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes it's so hard to believe that there's a spiritual world, that there's a God looking down on me. Sometimes it's very, very hard. It's difficult, and, I'm, and I struggle with it. I'm just like, Lord, you say you're here, you say you dwell within me, but yet why am I struggling with this so much? I can't see you. I can't see the spiritual battle going around me. But that's when I have to really have faith and believe and understand that God is with me at all times. I really, that He dwells within me. And <clears throat> the more that I can serve the Lord, that's the more that people can see Jesus in me. Not by, not by, oh, me preaching to them, not by me trying to pray for them, but how I live my life is what's going to make a difference in someone else's life. We've, we've all heard the term, you're, maybe us, we, we will only be the Bible or the walking Bible that, everyone, that anyone else can read or that, that everyone's ever going to read. Right? Because though we try to shove this down non-believers' throat, it doesn't make a difference. The only thing that will make a difference is our walk. It's how we represent Jesus. It's how we claim that, man, Jesus dwells inside me, I'm going to represent Him correctly. That's the only way. We are the walking Bibles. We are the walking Jesuses. You know, we are, we, we're the ones that are supposed to carry out the Spirit. We're supposed to show people this. The more we talk about it, it's not going to do anything. We can talk all we want. But if you walk the walk, that's when people are actually general, general, uh, they're going to genuinely believe. And I've seen it happen many times. I've seen it happen many times. People just, they just see something different. They want that right off the bat. I've seen it happen. And so, 
Always remember that. Remember that He dwells within us. That's the mystery of it. Though we can say all these things, as long as you continue within your walk, within yourself just striving to to want to be more like Jesus, that's the thing that's going to uh, that's going to affect everyone. And I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee that 110%. So we <clears throat> so as we move on to chapter 2 verse 1, it says, "For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at the uh, Laodicea, sorry. And for all who have not seen, seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of, the, of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. We'll stop right there. So we see that Paul is saying the same exact thing, but in love. In God is love. We, we know that through 1 John 4, 7, and 8. We already all know that. That God is love. And when we have love, obviously when we have that love, when we, when we have that love and we're loving on people, we're, we're sharing that love, that's our walk right there. That's what people are going to see. That's why Paul, when he states it in uh, verse 2, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all riches of the full assurance of understanding the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Christ is love. And I like how Paul puts or brings an image to my mind. Being knitted together in love. You know how like, you know, when we watch a movie or anything, and usually when there's an old lady... She's usually cruising back in her rocking chair and she's knitting away, you know, a scarf or she's just knitting something, you know. But as she's doing that, she's relaxed. She's in the rocking chair. She's relaxed. She's focused. She, there's nothing that can, like, just interfere her. She's so focused. She's loving what she's doing. And she's knitting the scarf away. And Paul is displaying a picture, an image of that that our hearts may be knitted together. Meaning, our hearts right here, mine and yours, that we may be closer, we, we can draw closer together. We can be focused on Christ together so that people can see that. So, what I'm trying to say is, let's say if all of us, we went out, let's say after the Bible study, we went out for a cup of coffee at Starbucks or at Coffee Bean or anything. Let's say we go out there and there's, ton of people, right? And we all buy our Starbucks. We're just having a blast. We're, we're talking about the Lord and everything. And then all of a sudden, um, Vincent gets this phone call, you know, that a friend of his passed away. What's going to happen when he tells us that? We're, we're immediately knitted together, surrounding each other, hands on, fully around each other, praying for this situation, praying for this family. We're, it's just instantly. That's how we work. That's how, that's, what a, that's how a family is. So when Paul is saying that, that these people need to be knitted together in love, that's how, that's how we should be as well. When something happens like that, people see that. If they saw a giant circle of people praying and the non-believer walks by, they're going to see something super different. Because it's not every day they cruise by or they walk by a theater or they walk by or down the beach or anything that they see a group of people huddling together and praying for one another or for a situation. It doesn't happen. But when it does happen, it's intriguing for the non-believer. It's intriguing even for the believer as well. Meaning, when a believer sees that, they're thinking... Right in their head, this, and this is me personally, when I see that from different churches just randomly like out witnessing or they're praying over there and I look over, me, it encourages me so much because I see that, whoa, those are true believers. 
Those people love Jesus. I can't believe it's just not within our church. It's actually around the world. Like when we went to San Jose to go witnessing and to meet up with the, with the NorCal SWAT team, man, it blew my mind away on how much these kids love Jesus. How much they just, while we're messing around, and I was a part of it, at, you know, when we were at um, the theme park, and we came out and Vince's, um, Vince loses his keys for the van, you know, and we're, we're just outside messing around, shooting um, water guns at each other and all these things. We're just, we're just being dumb and having fun because that's how we are, you know, like we're just wild like that. I look over and I see the whole time the NorCali SWAT team praying for those keys the whole time, each person praying, and there's about 30 of them. And they're just praying while we are messing around, and it convicted me off the bat. I'm like, wow, why aren't we doing that? Why are we shooting water guns for? Why are we pulverizing the girls for? Why are we doing these things for when we should be over there just like those guys praying for a pair of keys? That's how much they cared for us, and it showed me how much I, or even, I can even say, how much our team even cares for our team. We didn't. It, it didn't hit our minds, you know, and it really hit me. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that the Lord showed me that because, man, just that encouraged me so much to think that other people would actually be praying for a set of keys and there was like 20 to 30 of them praying for that one specific thing. That's nuts. It doesn't happen. But when it does happen, it's a total encouragement to me. And for those who probably took that in, it probably encouraged them as well. But for the m most part, I didn't see it really encouraging our team as much, you know, and I wish it did. But I love that display that, that Paul puts that image for us to see about being knitted together in love. And then moving on to verse 4, or to verse 3, excuse, excuse me in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with, plausi with plausible arguments. We'll stop right there. As I was saying before, there were these Pharisees, there were these people that are trying to manipulate the people that just recognize who Christ is or that have come to know Christ, that these guys are trying to pollute their minds. They're trying to say, oh no, that's not, that's not God. Our God is God. Our God does this and this and this. And this is why Paul continues to encourage them in it. That all the treasures in the world, that everything that's hidden, is hidden within Jesus. So if it's hidden in Jesus, and Jesus is inside of us, obviously it's hidden within us. We just got to search for it ourselves and find it. <coughs> Verse 5, For though I am absent in body, yet I am present, or I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So, this is pretty much like a saying that Jesus would say, though I'm, off, though, though I'm absent from the body, I'm present with you, or I'm present in you. Paul is repeating something Jesus would say. Paul is saying that, you know what, I'm rejoicing with you. Though I'm not here with you because I'm in prison, though I can't be there with you, man, I'm rejoicing with you in spirit. I'm rejoicing for you. I'm praying for you. He's praying for these people in good times. Like I said, remember when we, when we first opened, um, when we first got into first, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, Paul rejoice over the good things. He continue to pray for the good things. We, we should do that. We, we should continue to do that. Not because, not, I mean, pray for bad things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, you, you pray for that. But we should always pray in the good things as well because we wouldn't want that person to fall or to do anything stupid. We should be praying in everything, not just the bad things, not just the good things, but everything. We should be praying for it. And I, and I love how Paul just really, really encourages them through that. That concludes 
<coughs> what we're going to talk about today. But, um, but I just wanted to talk about um, just something off, you know, something off the what we just went through. Something just hopefully it relates. I'm not sure yet. But this is going to be spirit led because I didn't plan for this at all. But um, I just want to share with you what's been going on in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts towards everything, you know. And um, it was cool because I, I got here early at Robert's house and, you know, the whole time me and Robert are just, uh, we're just talking and having a blast together. And, um, and throughout this whole day, this morning, when I, even when I woke up this morning, um, I knew that right before the study, like, I'm going to go out and take a walk for at least, at least an hour, even more, and I did, you know, I went out, and I, and I just walked around for like an hour and a half, just really, really seeking out the Lord in just everything, you know, and I hope this would encourage you in your life, because it really encourages me in my life, but how many of us go, how many of us worry a lot? We all worry. We all, we all go through something that, in, in times of worrying, and we're just like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? Like, what do I do? Like, we, we, we tend to lose faith. We intend to not want to put our faith in God anymore, you know, or, or not put our faith in God, but not wanting to trust Him anymore. We kind of let it go because the world just hits us, and we're just like, boom, like, what do we do, you know? But the Lord really specifically told me today to go take a walk. And I did, you know. And um, and I tell all my kids the same thing, you know. Just like how Adam walked with the Lord in the Garden of Eden. In the same way, we should be going out, taking a walk, taking our daily walks too, you know. And and how and how I got this idea was because um, I, know, I know Robert takes a walk like almost every morning, you know, and he goes and spends time with the Lord and to really seek after him and also Anita as well. And that really pretty much what wanted me to do this tonight to just go off and really focus, really see what the Lord, like enough with, enough reading this, like I just wanted to get my mind off of this and really communicate with the Lord for myself, for me personally. And I found great things, you know, while doing that. And I encourage you guys to do this, you know. Like, as a musician, I, you know, I, I had my iPod with me just in case, you know, just in case I got bored. But that was, you know, that's pretty stupid for me to say that because I'm hanging out with the Lord, so I can't. You know, but, you know, I, I stuck my iPod in and I really grasped onto some songs and really let it take over me. And then I listened to some John Corson, let that, you know, just being refreshed again, and so on. But then it came to a point where I took the headphones off, and I just, I was just like, Lord, okay, I, 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 enough with this, enough with the whole music, enough with John Corson speaking to me, and all this stuff. Reveal something to me, like, what's going on? Like, how, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling like the world's just going down the drain, like, why do I feel like this, Lord, you know, and the whole time I'm meditating, I'm just like, come on, like, show me something, you know, all of a sudden, out of the blue, well, out of the dark gray skies, you know, like, I was just like, come on, like, what's going on, like, I, you know, I have my Bible, I was getting ready to throw it, because, like, that's what I do when I get angry, you know, when I get angry, I take my Bible, and I drop it, because, I don't know, like, it's just a thing I do, you know, my, my NIV's all jacked up, because I've done that, and like, I can, well, I can actually say it's been in a battle with the concrete, you know, like, but, I was just, I, I was getting ready, until like, until I remembered, what the Lord spoke to me was, to look up, always, to always look at heaven, to always look to the clouds because the Lord's in the midst, you know, when He's leading the people out of, His people out of Egypt. To always look into the clouds, you know. So, I, I, I heard that small voice just said, look up. So, I look up, you know, and I see half the moon, you know. I see half the moon and, like, uh, the gray of the clouds and everything. And I look up and I'm staring at it for about, like, ten seconds. And what happened was the clouds were shifting, but for some 
odd stinking reason. I don't know what it was, but it, as it was shifting, I thought the clouds were going to pretty much cover the moon, you know, because that's what clouds do. They cover the sun, they cover whatever's up there. <coughs> so I thought that, that was what's going to happen. But what happened was it formed this circle around the moon. And I was like staring at it, and to a T, I swore I was staring into the eye, like that. I was looking at God's eye, like right there. Because what I saw was this circle, and the moon right in it, like as if I was looking at the pupil of a person's eye. And I was just staring at this thing, staring back at me, and I was just like, Oh, geez, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, he like kind of flicked me in the forehead and said, You idiot, Brian. You're an idiot right now. What? How, how dare you say this, you know? You're about to teach a Bible say. Here you are doing this. Here you are being worried. And I was just like, Oh, snap, Lord, I'm so sorry, you know? And so as I'm walking and I'm just walking, like I walked about another like 100 yards and the, all the clouds just shifted away and the moon was just out by itself now. And I knew that the Lord was watching over me. I knew that the Lord was comforting me. So, all my worries, I don't even know where it went. It just like, boom, you know, it just, it, it flung away from me. And I, and I encourage you guys, please, like, take a walk with the Lord. So bad because of this experience tonight, you know. I've been, I was walking around for an hour and nothing. There was nothing until I took off the headphones, you know, until I really sincerely asked the Lord, with all my heart, why do I feel like this? Well, what's going on in my life? And he, speak, and he spoke to me in a way where I understood that to just keep my eye focusing on his eyes, to really continue to watch for Jesus, look at Jesus, just like Moses did when he received the, the tablets. He saw Jesus, or he saw God go by, and this glow off his face hit him. And when he came down the mountain, people saw that. And that's what attracted me. And I was, you know, as I was reading a little bit of Revelations, I believe it's in um, chapter, either chapter 3, I believe. Or no, wait. Yeah, in chapter 3. Or chapter 4, excuse me. And, and it talks about the glory of God, you know, about how... How John saw the glory of God. How the heavens opened up <coughs> and he got to see the glory of God. And that's what I want each of you to experience. I've, I already experienced that tonight. I saw the glory and I was just like, oh man, you know. Like, I'll, I'll tell you guys, I know no one saw me walking doing this. But the whole time, like when, when I saw the glory of God, when, I, when the Lord spoke to me, when I was just filled with this renewal of this spirit that he, get, he gave me, I was walking around just like, thank you, Jesus. Like, I'm like trying to like wave my arms to see if Jesus would see me, you know? Like, Lord, I, I see what you're saying now, you know? And I'm just like, I'm super stoked. Like, and this one truck passed by me. He just like <laughs> stared at me, you know? I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know? Like, but like, but really, you know? <laughs> I really want you to do that, to really go out and take a walk. I promise you, I, it's, it's an experience that I, don't, I can't even put into words sometimes, you know. All I saw was the Lord looking at me and me looking at the Lord. And all I knew was I felt the presence of God within me just saying, Man, Brian, don't worry. Just keep your eye focused on me. That's it. Like, that's the key to this whole life. That's the mystery to this whole life is to really know that Jesus dwells within us and that He's there with us and to bring Him glory. Glory to Jesus always. You know, and, and that's what I was doing the whole time. I was just like, God, ooh, like me, I should be going to hell. I should. Because I, first of all, I was doubting the Lord. Second of all, I was not trusting at all and I, just, I was just like, questioning the Lord's authority and everything and His Word and everything. I should be going to hell, but yet the Lord was great, was gracious to me and He sent me something special. And I was just like, oh man, are you serious? 
I remember when I was talking to this person, <coughs> and it was this person's fault, you know, like, I remember, <coughs> like, a couple, like, a week or two ago, I was talking to this person, but, but everything, you know, this person did me wrong in a sense, but yet, I kept on encouraging this person, and at the end of it, I said, you know what, thank you so much for listening to me, even though it was this person's fault, I could have said, yeah, that's right, you should be sorry, you know, or, yeah, that's right, I'm right, you're wrong. Even though I knew it was this person's fault, but for some reason, these words came out of my mouth saying, you know what, thank you so much for listening to me. And this person said, are you serious? You, you got to be kidding me, why'd you say that for? I'm like, because, thank you so much, because you listened to me and everything I just had to say. And they're like, but I did you wrong. I'm like, so? But you listened to me. You know, so we're, we're, we're trying to get into this. She, this person, not she, it's this, uh, I can't say she, he, whatever. Okay, get it away, it's a she. Alright? <laughs> but like, this person, you know, she, was just like, oh my gosh, like, I've never, I've never had anyone do this to me. I've never had anyone say thank you to me after I've done something wrong. What? And I was just like, thanks. I mean, because you listen to me, you know, because I'm, I'm just being myself because you listen to me. And that's why I'm thankful for that. I'm, I thank you that you listen to me, even though you were in the wrong, whatever. I don't care. Like, you listen to me, you know. And in the same sense, God listens to us. And we should thank Him every day. Even in my sickness. <coughs> even, I'm, even when I'm coughing up a storm and I can't do anything and all that game. I'm always going to thank the, thank the Lord because He's always listening to me. To everything I have to say. To my heart. How I feel when I'm walking around. And that's it. We just got done with Thanksgiving here. And I hope that we were all thankful for a lot, you know. And me, really, I, I was very thankful for so much. Because we get to eat food and all these things. And half the people around the world don't do that. And the homeless doesn't get to do that and so on. So I was super thankful for what we've had or what we've gotten. And But my main thing is I really want you guys to focus on Spending time with the Lord, one-on-one, -on -one, by yourselves. I encourage you outside, like just taking a walk. Like, I don't know how many of you done it, whatever. You know, some of you might do it for like 10 minutes. I encourage you to do it for like 45 minutes. Go try to walk like, I don't know, go walk like three miles or something and, and grasp onto the Lord within that. Because I know Robert walks like tons of miles and I understand now. I understand how, how, how he's such a shepherd to me as well and such a leader and how he's so patient with everything, with everyone and just everything. It's because he spent that time with the Lord. It's because he spent that many hours with the Lord just taking a walk, just doing this, just hanging out with the Lord. Now I understand that. Because out of our own strength, we can't be patient. We can't have patience for one another at all. You know, when I go to church, I have the least patient. Like, if a person comes up to me and just yaps about, like, stinking, I don't know, like, their day or how they drew a picture and how they had to, like, mix this paint with that paint to create this color, I'd lose patience right away. I'd be like, dude, uh... I really don't care. Like, are you serious? Like, are you telling me this seriously? You know? But, 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 this, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just being, this, this is the thing. I want to be truthful. I want to be real with you guys. That's my thing I'm trying to get at with you guys. I want to be real. If a person did that to me, seriously, me, my flesh, me, Brian, I would say, you're serious. Why are you doing this to me? You're, you're making me miserable right now that I have to listen to you. I'm sorry, you know, that's my flesh, you know. But when you actually go hang out with the Lord, receive what the Lord has got, or receive what the Lord has given you, dude, the Lord can take down anything. Oh, my gosh. Like, I see Robert take down so much, and I'm just like, 
how do you do that? I would have been so ticked off. I would have throw, thrown a brick at like my car just because I was so ticked off at this and that and this. But yet, he has the most patience in the world. And that's what I want you guys to focus on, really, is that. It's, it's about spending time with the Lord. I, I don't, for some reason, tonight just wanted me to tell you this, wanted me to be real with you guys. I, I really want this for you. I really, really do. You know? It's just like how Josh always says it. Man, it's about knowing the king, man. It's about spending time with the king. It's about the king. It's about Jesus. Praise the Lord. All these things. Even in, even in bad times, praise the Lord still. That's, you never hear anything bad come out of Josh's mouth. Well, I, I've had, but that's back in the day, but... Now it's like, he's a changed person, you know? Because he knows who he spent time with. He knows the Creator. He didn't go out to the desert for three and a half, four months and came back the same. No, he went out there and actually pretty much told us, hey, it's about Jesus. It's just Jesus. He always says, man, Jesus stuff. It's all about, it's all about Jesus stuff. That's it. And now that I'm starting to understand this a lot, like, it's hitting me. I'm starting to understand what they're talking about. What he talks about, like when he goes out, when he was at, in, in, the, uh, <coughs> in Mexico, he had his hill, and that's where he would go, go up. And he'd be like Jeremiah and say, Lord, I'm not going to leave this place until you show me something. I'm not going to leave this place until you speak to my heart, until you show me something, until you revive me, until just do something. I'm not going to leave. A couple hours later, the Lord shows him something, and he's pumped again. He's stoked. And that's how we all need to be. We all need to be like Jeremiah, just go out and be like, Lord, I'm going to go take this walk. I don't know how far you want me to go. I don't know. If it's five hours or an hour, I'm just going to go out of my, this house, out of this door, and I'm just going to walk until you really reveal yourself to me where I can understand you and get stinking psyched up. And I promise you, if that's your prayer, if that's your heart's desire, He will. He will, my friend. I, I promise you that. Because... They don't teach this in church. You know? They don't. <coughs> when we go when we go to church, they don't teach they don't tell us to go out and you know, spend some time with the Lord. They say, Oh, go pray about it. Oh, go into your room, go pray about it, or oh go out and or read the word. That's what I've heard throughout my whole entire life. Read the word. Pray about it. I've never heard Go hang out with Jesus outside the door. I've never heard that until Josh came back and started talking about that. All I've heard throughout my whole time of being a Christian is read the Word, just pray about it. Okay, anyone can do that. Anyone can read the Word and pray about it, but where is that when you don't go and hang out with the Creator, with the, per with the, with the God that... Stinkin wrote the word with, with the God that Stinkin made prayer for us to communicate with them. Why don't we just go out there and start hanging out with them instead of trying to do this on our own, trying to think that we're going to get something when we can get way more from the God, the Creator Himself. They don't teach this in church. And if this wasn't real, I, if this wasn't real, I would have just pretty much focused on this message and went more in detail. But man, that walk really helped me. It really helped me. I haven't. I. I the last time I've experienced something with, like that was maybe just like you know maybe like two three months ago when I used to go out to the hill during the summertime, you know, and and that was in a consecutive basis, but. As, as everything's getting cold and so on, and I've forgotten about that, and once I redid what I used to do, oh man, it's new vision. It's, it's a revival within my heart now. Remember what 
I talked about like two weeks ago. If you want revival, you want to see revival, draw a circle and step into that circle. It starts with you. It starts with me. And man, there's no better revival to have placed in your heart than to go and step outside and take a walk with the king and you're just, oh, trust me, you're just going to be flicked in the head. You're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. This is amazing. It's you and the Lord. It's, it's a thing where you're just meditating on the Lord. You're just thinking about the Lord. You're, you're communicating with Him. You're thinking about Him. You're meditating on Him and what He's done for you. You're seeing how, how beautiful He is, how holy He is, how awesome He is to you and, for, and to me. When you can grasp on that for an, for an hour and a half, two hours of just hanging out with, that, with Him... Trust me, something builds inside your heart that you can't explain. Something takes over you to where you, as a person, would never be able to do these things because it's the Lord doing it for you. Because seriously, I get irritated quickly. Like, boom, bingo, I can, get, I can snap, get irritated quickly. But yet, for some reason, I'm not when I'm hanging out with the Lord. I'm just like stoked on life. I want to pray for everyone I can come in contact with. I just want to walk like Jesus and do what Jesus did. Do those things. And it's super cool. It's super cool. And when I was doing that, you know, I went over to Taco Bell. I, I picked up something really quick because I was getting a little hungry, you know. Like, I'm just like, dude, ooh, hungry, let's go. Del Taco right there. You know, I go in and, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling the mode already. And I, I, I just bust out my Bible waiting for my order. And I'm reading this. And this, this lady, this, um, this uh, girl and this guy, you know, they're, they're just like, kind of like ghetto. And just like, blah, blah, blah. They're all being loud. And as they walk into the room or into this little section that I was at, they just walked in and I'm reading and, she, this this girl just looks at me weird, you know, and I, I didn't see her until, like, I, I was just like, you know, and she was looking at me weird. She's just like, like, I'm like, how's it going? And she's like, I'm good. I'm like, man, so how, so how, how's everything doing? How's everything going in your life? Are you getting food? You know, I'm just talking to her and all that game. You know? I'm just trying to make a conversation, you know, I'm just going at it, you know, and She's just like, yeah, and she's like, what is that? I'm like, it's my Bible. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, do, do you go to church? And we're talking, you know, and that's all. We're, we're just talking. I'm like, man, I just left her with this. May the Lord bless you always. Got my food and I left. And from there on out, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the Lord can do for her. I don't know anything, but obviously I know that the Lord has spoke to her heart in a way where she was just like, what the heck? It was just like, what was this? You know, what, what random person would just come up, would just even say hello to me as I'm staring at him. I'm like looking, I'm like staring at him reading over here and he just said, hi, how's it going? You know, asked me a couple of questions and told me that the Lord blessed or that the Lord would bless me. Like, I wonder what's going on in her heart now. That's where revival starts, within you. So that way, you can do these things. I, seriously, if I, if I got in my car and I went over there, I would have never talked to this lady in the first place. Second, I wouldn't even be reading my Bible because I wasn't in tune with the Lord at all. I was most likely just wanting to go get the food and eat and leave. But yet, I was in tune during that moment. And I wasn't rude to her, even though I could have been like, uh, what? You know, like, why are you staring at me? You know, I could have done that, but yet, something else proceeded out of my mouth. Something that I would never, ever say. Something that I would never do for a person. It proceeded out of my mouth somehow. And, that, and now I know, I know she's blessed by that. And that's why I encourage you guys. It's, it's just a, it's just the way. I can't explain it. It's for you to figure it out yourself. It's for you to spend time 
with God yourself. So I encourage you guys, if the Lord lays it on your heart to go and walk, take a walk with Him, do it. Like, I encourage you, please do it. It's stinking awesome. Like, you're, you'll get drop kicked in an awesome way, you know. Instead of, instead of getting drop kicked and hitting the ground, you're floating on air. You're just like, oh, man, this is tight, you know. This is awesome. I feel it. Seriously, you're not going to hit the cement, I promise you. You're just going to be floating and hanging out with the Lord, and it's going to be even crazier. It's going to be even sick, you know. So really, that's my encouragement for you guys, because I know a lot of us worry about life, about everything going on in life, just where our career's at. How are we going to make it through school? What are we going to do after school? Um, how am I going to have a family? Where's that starting? How, how am I going to meet the right person? How, how, do I, how do I even sneak in, communicate with my family when I hate them? Or when they bug me? Or all these things. There's so much in life that we worry about, but we missed it, you know? It's all about Jesus. And that's what I want you guys to understand. Because I know. I know. Because... If those of you that are in school, we got like two weeks left before we're done, you know, before we go on winter break. And we're stressed, we're worried about finals, we're worried about this. Those of us that are just worried about our careers in general, how are we going to make this life? Thinking buying a house these days, you're going to have to like saw off your arm just to like pay for a garage, you know. The economy is just so thinking high rocket in the sky you're just like how am I going to afford a thinking $600,000 house when I you know when I can when pretty much all the jobs out there only pay like 30 grand and less how am I going to do this you know how am I going to provide for my family how am I going to take care of the car insurance and car payment all these things we worry about and really it's what you do for the Lord is what you should be worrying about. What you do for the Lord. Nothing else. Nothing else. What you can do for the Lord. So that's my encouragement for you guys. Please, go take a walk. Take a walk with the King. I encourage you, if it's tonight, do it tonight. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll have to strap on like three sweatshirts and... All that gear. You know, I had, I had, you know, I had this sweatshirt and I had another jacket over. I'm walking around with my beanie. I had gloves on. I looked like a stinking hoodlum. I'm like, I looked all gangster out, like I should be in a rap video. Or something. And I was just like, you know, like, I'm not, oh, now I know why that guy in the truck was going crazy. Because I had the gloves on. And he probably thought, he thought, like, you know, he thought I was doing that or something, you know. But, like, he, he probably thought I was throwing gang signs and stuff at him. <laughs> Just kidding, but... But, really, strap on, strap on some clothing and go to hang out with the king. I promise you, it's awesome. You'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. And if it's not tonight, do it tomorrow. Find some time sometime. I encourage maybe even every day or try to find some sort of a day to do it, you know, once a week or so on. And just do it. You know, I know Robert does it every day, and that's why he's thinking. It's, that's why Jesus dwells with him. You don't see Robert. You know, when I look at Robert, I never see Robert. I see Jesus, and that's it, you know. So, if you want to be more like Jesus, go hang out with Jesus. That's it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. <coughs> and Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, and... God, I just thank you so much for all you do for us, Lord. God, that we get to hang out with you, that you are willing to hang out with us. You want to hang out with us, Lord. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you would have spoken to each person's heart in this room. Lord, that you would continue to do so. But most of all, Father, that you would hang out with each and every single one of us tonight and all the days of our lives, Lord, that we would think about just you, Jesus, nothing else, God, that we would continue to just think about 
heaven and how awesome it's going to be and how we can serve you here on this earth, Lord God. Just, it's all about us serving you on this earth, Lord. So, Father, take away our worries, our problems, our situations and tribulations and just everything. Just take it away. Take it out of our hearts and our minds and thoughts and just fill us up with more of you and what we can do for you, God. Because that's what's going to matter in the end of this world. So, Lord, we thank you so much for your love, your grace and mercy upon us. And we ask, God, that your kingdom would come quickly, Father, but most of all, that your will would be done always. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.